You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Dan Bayer's interview with the cinematographer for the film Clemency, Eric Bronco. How do you keep doing it? I do my job. These next 24 hours are crucial. Anthony's defense attorney has already asked for a reprieve from the governor's office. You want to play as good guys and bad guys. And I'm one of the bad guys. But I give these men respect. All the way through. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am on the line with the cinematographer of Clemency, Eric Bronco. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm great. How's everything? Everything's wonderful here. I'm excited to talk to you about this movie, Clemency. Really interesting piece of work. Um, And I'm interested to talk to you about the uh, cinematography of it because I think it's very interesting um, in that way. Uh, But first, let's start talking about how you became involved with this project. I know it was a very long development process uh, for the director, Chinonwe Chukwu. Um, At what point did you become involved? Chinonwe and I had done uh, two short films together probably like five years ago. And after the second one, uh, we, like, we just kind of immediately hit it off and had a great working relationship. Um, and after the second one, she hit me up and she was like, Hey, listen, I'm writing this script. I would love if you would take a look at it. And she sent me the first draft of what would eventually become clemency. So it was kind of like a, you know, a very long courtship. It was, a, you know, I've been involved not from the, you know, probably very beginning, but pretty close to yeah. it. So it was a nice, a nice way to kind of like casually talk, come up with ideas and, and, and that kind of stuff before we actually, really got into making it. Yeah. And, and how much was the shooting style part of all that long development? Um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to, you know, over the course, over the course of, of such a long time, like it's hard to nail down when, when you first kind of hit upon things that mm. will, that will make it through the film because it's so many ideas are thrown around and it's kind of more of the, more of the kind of thing where it's like, the ideas that keep coming up that you keep returning to suddenly you're on set and you're like, I don't know that we ever actually talked about this, <laughs> you know, like doing this in this way, but it's just always the way kind of we've both approached it. Yeah. And I imagine that the previous relationship sort of helped in creating that sort of level of comfort with that. Totally. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's my understanding that a lot of this movie, if not all of it, or at least the sections in the prisons were shot on site. Is that right? Yeah. So they were shot. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, nothing, nothing was shot, uh, in a studio. Everything was on location. Oh, wow. The prison was a, uh, it was a formerly, you know, functioning jail that had been closed. Uh, and they kind of use it for, uh, like training for corrections officers and things like that. Um, and they rented us a, a floor of the prison um, to essentially make the film. Oh, wow. Um, that's <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. I imagine that given the constraints of the space, there must have been some 
uh, interesting challenges for you to overcome when trying to shoot things, particularly in those very tight enclosed spaces. Uh, what were some of those challenges and how did you uh, overcome those? Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, shooting in a, in a real prison, I think you know how small it is, but you don't really understand how small it is until you're, until you're there, until, until it's you in a cell with an actor or sometimes two actors plus a boom operator. And you're like, oh, wow, there's, there's no room here. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people that have to be in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, I, I think I had, in thinking about the year before we shot Clemency, I did a, a pilot uh, called Up North that we also shot in a, in a jail. Hmm. And I think working on that project really made me kind of solidified a couple, a couple ideas to try and be able to shoot in a, in a, in a jail or in a prison in a small space and not feel like the camera was kind of like right up on the actor, still get the actor freedom to move. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up shooting anamorphically. We shot on cook anamorphics, which anamorphic lenses effectively like double the field of view, right? But maintain mm-hmm. the characteristics of a longer lens. So it's, you know, you can be as wide maybe as like a fisheye lens would be, but it won't look like a fisheye. Yeah, yeah. It'll look like a normal lens. So we shot anamorphically, uh, and we also used uh, an Alexa Mini, which was about as small a camera as you can as you can get. Um, and then we rented through uh, the camera division in Los Angeles, and they actually built a custom battery uh, plate for us that uh-huh. wasn't behind the camera, so I could actually get the camera right, right, right up on the back wall of the cell. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, did you did you work with them closely on that, or is that something that you said? Is there any way that we can do this? And they sort of came to you with, yeah, <laughs> here it is. Yeah, I mean, I think they I think they worked with my my first AC Melissa Sporn um, to come up with that solution. But I think you know I called them up. I mean, they're they're amazing. I called them up and I was like, hey, listen, shooting a really tight location. You know, what solutions might you have if you can just kind of you know put your heads together and think about this and think of a way to do this? That would be amazing. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, you shot the the pilot for the series and in the prison, and then you had this. You said it was like a year between the two. Yeah, so I shot. It was this. It's um prison pilot called Up North. Yeah, uh, we shot that in New York uh, in a jail in the Queens County Jail, mm. and uh, you know, totally separate project, totally different field, different yeah. vibe. But you know, definitely when I was on set with that project, I was putting things in the back pocket, knowing that clemency, right. You know, would be shooting. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's, it's rare that you have that sort of, you know, that kind of experience that will directly inform a project that you know is coming. That's, that's really special. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I know that on set of clemency, they had a, a therapist for, uh, to help people deal with all the, very weighty subject matter that was, uh, that did, was going yeah. on. Did <laughs> did you ever have to avail yourself of that in this situation? I don't think I did. I think I was I was less stressed about uh, you know the emotional toll and more stressed about how much we had to accomplish in such a right. short amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That makes sense. Uh, I could use a therapist <laughs> on every set. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, all joking aside, I think you know the, the subject matter is, is is very weighty, very difficult. Um, and you know, and I think, and I think, understanding understanding that people might need someone to talk to, I think, just goes to show that 
I think this film was made by some by some special people who really kind of understand understand the responsibility that they have to tell to tell stories and also you know the understand the needs of pe- the people that tell the stories. Yeah, absolutely. And I I've listened to a lot of interviews with Chinunye about this project, and she talks a lot about not wanting to necessarily make a statement about the death penalty itself but about Mm -hmm. what it's like for the people whose job it is to carry out this sentence and work with the people who are sentenced to death. Yeah. I'm interested how, when you were talking with her about, you know, planning for this project and when you're on set and you're shooting it, how do, how did you as a cinematographer work to make that happen? Um, Something that we talked about, you know, at length was the idea that we were going to try and stay away from kind of your traditional prison shorthand, right? Like we were not going to, you know, I think a lot of times you shoot in a prison and you kind of want to play up the play up the, you know, or glamorize, you know, the location. Mm-hmm. And I think we were, we were very, very careful from the start to not try and do that. And, you know, our approach was to make the, make the prison feel as much like, like someone's office as possible. So to that end, you know, when you're in the prison, all of the light comes from fluorescence above, you know, they have like a cooler greenish tone, um, you know, which I think we were trying to stay away from the kind of like, maybe like 30s, 40s, 50s idea of a prison, which was like a lot of brick and brick and bars and yeah. and shafts of light. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And we decided to kind of kind of soften out the light and make it really mundane and go more in that direction. Yeah, it, it's you definitely feel the sort of industrial feeling of the prison with um, those lights. Yeah. And, but then you, all, you are also able to really clearly differentiate – with the lighting, the different spaces within the prison, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. her, her office, uh, Bernadine's office does not feel like the rest of the prison at all. Yeah. W- was that something that you would always had always talked about? Or was that something what you got on set and realized that oh, we, we kind of have to make this work? No, I mean, we, we, th- I mean, that was, that became a, a that was kind of a large choice to make um, mm. when we were in the prison. There, I mean, obviously, so that was a set kind of built within the prison. I mean, like it was dressed. Um, it was an existing room in the in the prison, and you know, uh, our production designer Margot Rust dressed it to make it Bernadine's office. Okay. However, there were a couple candidates for what her office would be, mm. and there were a couple. You know, there were a couple spaces. I really loved that one uh, that we ended up using because it felt a little, it felt like it was one step removed from the rest of the prison. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that I thought that would give us a lot of kind of, you know, mileage in terms of being able to change the look in there, being able to change the framing there was much bigger than the other spaces. Very important. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, I think we were able to do some interesting things there, you know, it's still on the location, but it's not kind of in the main building. And it's the kind of thing where uh, we were able to incorporate, you know, like the vertical incorporate kind of like the prison bars in motif into the kind of vertical blinds on one side and yeah. into the vertical wood paneling on the other side. Um, I noticed that that was, it, yeah. Yeah. Depending on how she's feeling, the blinds are 
more open or more closed. At the start of the film, you're looking at the window the entire time. And then as each scene progresses, we come around uh, and we end up much tighter and closer. Uh, She's where she's framed up against the, the wood paneling and the dark walls. So, you know, I think, I think going with that location gave us a little more freedom and flexibility in terms of kind of developing a language throughout the film that would reflect Bernadine's emotional state. Yeah. And um, to that effect, I noticed that the film starts with a lot of these wider shots and ends with close-ups. Was I assume that was something that you had always planned. Yeah, definitely. Um, And if you could talk about that decision. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think the, we were really, really trying to, you know, not be heavy handed with our cinematography. We were trying to have a light touch, but at the same time, there were things we wanted you to feel. And I think by the end, you know, at the start of the film, the idea was that kind of there, there are multiple possibilities. Things could go either way. Uh, And then as the film progresses, it kind of turns into this, possible routes you could take or cut off and the film kind of ends up barreling down towards this like one conclusion and we really wanted to make the audience feel that they were in there with the people and with the characters and there was going to be no relief or no reprieve i think you know i think we accomplished that oh yes that that definitely comes across (laughs) (laughs) no when i was i was watching the movie i felt myself kind of feeling more and more uh, stressed out (laughs) as the film kept moving on. And I I realized it was sort of because I was feeling more claustrophobic um, Mm -hmm. and more tense. And of course, you know, Alfie Woodard is giving a performance that is like the height of tense. She is almost always tense. Um, But it's all, it's not just that it's the way that, the shot scale sort of closes in on these characters and you feel that inevitability start to set in. Yeah. Um, so it definitely, definitely does that. I'm always interested to talk about, to talk about the cinematography of movies like clemency that feel like they could be a stage play. Mm-hmm. It's lots of character work going on. There's no big epic action moments or even, you know, like, you know, big sequence montages and yeah. running from places to places. We and... cut out all the, uh, all the car chases. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and because I think that, you know, there, there is a reason why something becomes a film as opposed to a play. Right. And I think one mm-hmm. of the reason, one of the things that clemency does really, really well is use the camera to get inside the, heads of these characters is that something that you particularly like to focus on in your work yeah i mean so i think funny so funny enough i i kind of come more from theater actually oh great as a kid i used to act uh, and i did a, you know i grew up in new york city uh, and as a kid i used to do a bunch of kind of like off-broadway plays and things like that mm. um and that kind of transitioned into cinematography for me but yeah i mean i think clemency there's too much left unsaid with clemency for it to be a play. Mm. Right. Because, yeah. you know, the people in the back row of the theater are not going to see Alfred's expression. Like we couldn't do, like we couldn't do some of those big close-ups with her in the theater. Yeah. So it's like, while it doesn't have a lot of the 
kind of flash that a lot of kind of modern film has. It does have, I mean, it does, I think, really, really uh, make use of the close-up, which I think is kind of the the art form of cinema, right? You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no other there's no other art form where a close-up can punctuate a moment. I think that's a powerful observation, and that is sort of um, the thing about cinema, right? Yeah. When you're shooting, is that something that is constantly in your mind about um, how you how long you want certain close-ups to go for? Or is that something that you think is sort of found in the editing later? Because I think that's a lot that's key to a lot of these big moments in clemency. I think it's a combination of both. You know, I think mm-hmm. I've kind of spoken to this before, but I think that for me working with uh like an actor of Alfrey's caliber or Aldis's caliber, um you know, allows you to be bolder in how, how much longer the takes can go because they're not, when they're in it, they're in it and they're not going to drop out Mm -hmm. of it and they can go for, you know, two, three minutes and every moment is going to be screen worthy. I think Shinoya and I from the start had wanted to kind of explore, you know, wider frames, letting scenes breathe a little bit, not be, not be, you know, shooting a ton of coverage and then I think that really, once we were there and once we were watching these performances, I think that really got solidified in, I think, I think it was one of those moments where like, okay, this could work. Like this could really, really, our plan, you know, we're going to be okay here. Um, <laughs> with, with uh, you know, and then obviously, you know, but obviously I think so much of that goes goes into the editing room because it's like, you know, there are plenty of kind of wonders and things that I've shot that then in the edit, the director and the editor kind of go more away from that and decide that it would be better, you know, uh, would be better if, if it was a little more, um, more cutty, which is something that I'm not really involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's my job to give, to give the director and the editor kind of the ingredients they need to make the meal. Right. Um, but I'm not necessarily going to tell them how to necessarily, you know, what to cook. Sure. Well, this is, it's been great talking about this project and what, you know, you were able to bring to it. Uh, what is next for you? Uh, next up is a, uh, a film we're going to premiere at Sundance called The 40-Year-Old Version. Um, hmm. It's directed by Rana Blank. Uh, it's, about, it's kind of the opposite of clemency. Uh, it's a very like, <laughs> frenetic, uh, funny comedy. But uh, from a cinematography perspective, uh, it's exciting. We shot it all. Um, on black and white 35 millimeter film. Uh, it's all shot in New York, where I'm from, where the director's from. Oh, wow. So I'm excited about that one. It sounds like something that we should get excited about, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time and talking to us. Um, great to talk to you. Great to get more uh, insight into Clemency. Thank you so much. It was really nice talking to you, too. Thank you so much for listening to Dan Baer's interview with the cinematographer for the film Clemency, Eric Branca, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback as well as your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. 
Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.